0: i Derek Walker, I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. You know, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you have a covenant with God. It's the new covenant established in the blood of Jesus. And Jesus is your covenant representative before God. And in Christ, you are in right standing with God. All the blessings of this covenant are paid for by the blood of Jesus and they belong to you. And you have access to all this grace through faith. And in this series we've been seeing that healing is one of these covenant benefits or blessings bought and paid for by the blood of Christ. And so it's available to all as Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. One of his covenant names is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is our healer. So, in other words, healing is not a hit-or-miss affair, it belongs to us through the atonement of Christ. And that means that if we know and believe His promise, we can come to God and receive our healing. You know, many come to God believing that God can heal, but they don't know the basis on which He heals. And so most think it's a sovereign, it's just the sovereign will of God whether He heals or doesn't heal. He chooses to heal some, not others. But it's not that way concerning salvation and the forgiveness of sins. We know that He wants to save and heal, and He save and forgive all, on the basis of the cross, because He died for all. His will is to save all, so He died for all on the cross, so that whosoever can come to Him and receive it. So, if He provides forgiveness on the basis of the atonement, then why would healing be any different? So, in this series, we've been looking at the abundant evidence that healing is in the atonement. This week, we're going to focus on a certain New Testament scripture that states the matter plainly, and it should end all argument, really, on this issue. It's Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And we're going to see that the curse of the law includes every kind of sickness. Having Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, For it is written, Cursed is he, is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, that's us, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. These verses, you see, talk about blessing and the curse. The blessing of God is his presence, his spirit, his light, his life, the positive energy of God, if you like. And that produces blessings. The blessing produces blessings, like healing. So the blessings are the manifestation of his blessing. The blessings are produced by the blessing or the presence of God flowing to us and through us. Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said, Seek first, value first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness is really his blessing, his life, his righteous life, his presence in you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all these blessings, will be added to you from his presence. Now the curse is the opposite of the blessing. It's the negative energy of darkness. It produces destruction, disease, death. Whereas righteousness carries and releases the blessing of life, sin carries the curse of death. The wages of sin is death. Sin, you see, is like a poison. Like a, sorry, it's like a serpent that contains poison, and that poison is the curse. And the bite of sin releases poison into our life, bringing sickness and death. And so sin in the heart creates a spiritual darkness there, which diminishes the light of God's presence. And that that darkness creates disease, disorder, anxiety. The blessing and the curse, you see, are opposites. So the extent that you're under the curse, you will lack the blessing. So the question is, what is God's remedy for for the sin and the curse of sin, the darkness that comes as a result of sin. How can we be set free from sin and its curse and be filled instead with the blessing of life? We all want to know that, don't we? We know that God's remedy for sin is certainly the cross of Christ. So why should his remedy for the curse, for, for the curse of sickness be any different? In case we've got any doubt, Galatians tells us plainly that it's done on the cross. We are delivered from the curse from the cross. That means we're delivered from sickness through the cross. Christ has redeemed us from the curse, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on us, the Gentiles, through in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. That's the blessing through faith. And so this reveals there is only one remedy for the curse, and that's the cross of Christ, where Jesus became a curse for us, that we might receive his blessing. He took the curse on the tree, and he released his blessing to us. In other words, the remedy for the curse of sickness and the provision of the blessing of healing is the cross of Christ, the atonement. Now, to establish this point that Jesus took our curse, Paul quotes from Deuteronomy 21, and he applies it to Jesus as the ultimate fulfillment. He, he says, it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's a quotation from Deuteronomy. Notice, and it's interesting, that the remedy for the curse and sin is not just the death, that is, the death of the Messiah, but is lifting up on a tree. That's important too. The reason for this is that the whole problem of sin and curse began at a tree. It it comes from a tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, when man rebelled, and he ate from that tree, and he chose independence from God, separation from God, the God who is blessing and life, and that plunged him into death. And it came from a tree, because he chose to eat of a tree. And so as all sin and curse and darkness originated from a tree, God brought sin and curse to its end by making Jesus sin and curse for us and nailing him to a tree and therefore nailing the curse as it were to the tree. And so all sin and curse was put on Jesus on the tree. So sin and curse was finally judged and brought to an end on a tree in order to set us free. And so there can be no release from sin or the curse of sickness apart from the tree of Calvary. Now earlier in this series we saw God revealed his remedy for sin and sickness in Numbers 21 when Moses lifted up the bronze fiery serpent on a pole. And that serpent represented their sin. Sin is a serpent. That contains poison, that's the fiery. Because when you're poisoned it's like a fire, sets your body on fire. So it's it's a serpent that contains poison, a fiery serpent. And it contains the curse, in other words, of sickness and death. And bronze represents judgment. So that bronze serpent is a picture of sin and the curse, but it's been judged. It's been lifted up on a pole and it's been judged. And God revealed, therefore, through this what the remedy was. It was that their sin and their curse would be lifted up and judged so that all who looked on the bronze serpent lived. They received life, they received healing, and they received forgiveness. And all who looked lived because they saw their sin judged, their curse taken on that pole by that bronze serpent so they could be free. And they received the blessing of forgiveness and healing. This was a picture, of course, of the Messiah, who would be lifted up and become sin for us and a curse for us on the cross. And being a curse means he took the consequences of sin, which includes sickness. And he did it so we'd receive righteousness and blessing. He did it by bearing our sin, our sickness, our death, so that we could receive forgiveness, healing and life. He received our sin and he received the poison of that sin, which includes sickness, on himself. And as I said, because it was a bronze serpent, it means that Jesus was judged. And our sin was judged on Jesus. And our curse was taken by Jesus. And he received the judgment on himself. And so Jesus has taken the serpent of sin and its poison and he's defeated it once and for all. And once you look on Jesus and once you see that your sin and your curse has been taken by him and it's been judged and nailed to the cross and therefore it has no longer any right or any power over you, then you can walk free and receive the blessing of life. What God did for Israel through the bronze serpent... He did for the whole world through Jesus being lifted up on the cross. So healing, you see, is in the atonement, because Jesus didn't just take our sin, he took our sickness, he took the curse, and it received its judgment right there on the cross. And if we look, we live. If Israel received healing in the Old Testament through looking to the picture of Jesus on the cross, how much more should we be able to receive healing by looking to Jesus on the cross, Bearing our sins and our sicknesses and receiving the life, the healing that flows from the cross. Jesus claimed he was the fulfillment of this in John 3. He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up on the cross. That whoever believes in him should not perish. Whoever believes in him, whoever looks to him, should not suffer the curse, in other words. But have eternal life, that have the abundant life, that have the blessing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross... ...that whoever believes in him, whoever looks to him... ...should not perish but have everlasting life. If healing is in the type, how much more in the fulfilment. And so we can be sure that on the cross Jesus took our sin... ...and its poison, our sickness. And if we look in faith to the cross... ...we can receive forgiveness from our sins and in the same way we can receive freedom from the curse of sickness. That's what Galatians says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. This clearly states that healing is in the atonement of Christ. It's available to us through faith in to receive through faith uh, in his promises and his power. Faith, you see, sees Christ taking our sin and curse on the cross, and faith believes his promise and receives his blessing of life. We believe in, we trust in his promises, his promise of healing power, and we receive that power, we receive his, the promise of the Spirit, we receive his Spirit through trusting in his word. So the curse of the law is a consequence of sin, of breaking his law, his commands. You see, God is the source of all life, all love, all peace, all blessing, all health. And sin cuts us off from that life. And so it diminishes his presence in our heart and life, and it brings us under a curse. And the curse is not actually quite the same thing as divine punishment. God doesn't directly bring the curse on us as a punishment, but the curse is an inevitable consequence of sin. Sin, you see, just automatically separates us from the blessing of God, and it automatically carries darkness with it. So when you sin, sin always just automatically brings curse. When we sin, you see, we turn from the light to darkness, and so we submit ourselves to the power of darkness. And that is bound to bring destruction. When we reject God's word, we're separating ourselves from his blessing, from his provision, from his protection, that comes from his presence. The curse, you see, is an automatic result of sin, resulting in the absence of God's life and blessing. As darkness is the absence of light, so weakness is the absence of strength, sickness is the absence of health. These things are aspects of the curse. God's presence, you see, will bring always health, but His absence opens the door to sickness. Our sin brought us under the curse because we lost God's presence. But Jesus, the good news is this Jesus took our curse on the cross so that we might have the blessing of life, and we can receive this freely. By receiving Jesus on the cross take our sin and our sickness and releasing his healing power to us as well as his forgiveness. We mu- it's vital, you see, to-, to receive. We must see Jesus die for our-, our sicknesses as well as our sins. So the law was introduced. It had a purpose, to teach man the reality and the curse of sin and to prepare man to receive the- God's remedy through Christ, and it revealed by detailed commandments what God's standards were, so that man truly knew his sinful condition. And also, the law revealed the curse of sin. And the sin and curse was around before, but the law just made man more aware of it and his need for God's solution. And the law also revealed the solution through all the sacrifices, that through the sacrifice was the solution to, the, to sin and the curse through the Messiah. The Messiah would be the one who would redeem us from the curse of the law and from the power of sin. And so man would look to the Messiah and accept God's remedy by faith. Then he could be f- forgiven of his sin and delivered from the curse. The law did not provide the answer in the sense that it didn't provide the blessing, but it did point to the one who would provide the blessing, the source of the blessing, and that, of course, is Jesus Christ. And so the law revealed that man's only hope is not in the law, but in looking to Christ and receiving what Christ would do through his sacrifice. On the cross. Christ alone has the power to redeem you, to set you free from the power of sickness and sin. And he did it through the tree. And that's our message today that Galatians summarizes that Christ, the Messiah, did it through the tree. And the whole Old Testament is pointing to that fact. What is the curse of the law? I just want to show you that it is, includes sickness. The curse of the law, the consequence of breaking God's law. It's given in detail in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15 to 61. It's got the areas of poverty, sickness, destruction of life. Everything breaks down outside the presence of God. And as we just look at some of the verses very quickly, you'll see that sickness and disease is a big part of it. Verse 15, it will come to pass if you don't obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and statutes which I command you today that all these curses will come on you and overtake you. Verse 21, the plague will cling to you, that's infectious diseases. Consumption, that's tuberculosis. With fever, inflammation, severe burning fever. With the sword, with scorching, that's sunstroke, skin eruptions. And with mildew, the balls of Egypt, that's sores and inflammation. Tumors, ulcers, with the scab, that's scurvy and eczema, with the itch from which you can't be healed, madness, that's mental issues, blindness, confusion of heart, the knees, knee problems, and on the legs, severe boils which can't be healed, and from the sole of your foot to the top of your head, boils. It says, the Lord will bring on you, or cause to come on you, extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, serious and prolonged sicknesses, Chronic diseases, in other words, all the diseases of Egypt will cling to you. What a terrible list. But you see, all these are the curses and they all are sicknesses of all different kinds. And then if we don't get the message, verse 61 summarizes it by saying, Also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law will the Lord bring on you. Or we could translate that, the Lord will not allow to come on you. Uh, sorry, the Lord will allow to come on you until you're destroyed. So basically there it's saying every sickness is part of the curse. Sickness doesn't come from God but when Israel sinned and moved away from the presence of God, God had to allow those sicknesses to come upon them. You see, the Hebrew words can be read in a permissive sense. It can sound like God sent them but actually they've turned away from God and God then allows them, he gives them up to their free choice and the sickness is able to come upon them. God gave them a choice. He said, blessing, cursing, life, death, choose life, choose blessing. You see, God wants them to be well, but it's their choice. So every sickness is in the curse of the law, and Galatians says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, therefore Christ on the cross has redeemed us from every sickness. That's good news, isn't it? That means divine healing is in the atonement. How can there be deliverance from the curse? Since all have sinned, there's only one way, and that's a righteous man must take the curse for us. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He took the curse for us so that the blessing of healing could be ours. Sickness is a curse of the law, according to Deuteronomy 28. But according to Galatians 3, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, I have been redeemed from sickness. Praise God. I would paraphrase it like this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of sickness, having become a curse for us on the cross, for it's written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, so that the blessing of healing might come on us through believing in his power and receiving his spirit. To understand how Christ redeemed us from the curse, let's go back to the Old Testament picture that Galatians 3 is referring to when it says, It is written, First is everyone who hangs on a tree. This is taken from Deuteronomy 21. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to death with stones. Shall you, you shall put away the evil from among you. And all Israel shall hear and fear. And if a man has committed a sin deserving of death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree... His body will not remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him that day, so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. For he who is hanged on a tree is accursed of God. In other words, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. The guilty man, you see, who committed a crime worthy of death, was firstly stoned to death. Secondly, he was hung on a tree. Thirdly, he was buried before sunset, and in this way the curse, the defilement of his sin, was removed from the land. You see, a man's sin brings a curse on him, and from him it spreads to his family, his town, and his land, and his nation. Justice demands that the penalty for sin be paid. The man must die, but more is required, even than his death, for the sin and the curse to be removed. According to Deuteronomy, he must be hung on a tree. This represents the man taking the curse on himself, so he becomes the curse. Then when he's buried, the curse is fully put away. It's removed from the land. The burial is important too. Otherwise, the sin and its curse is still operative, defiling the land, diminishing the presence of God. So in the burial... The curse, or the man, which he's become a curse, so the man, the curse, is put away and the land is free. Thus, in the law, a guilty man carries the curse for his own sin by being put to death, hung on a tree, and in that way he removes its curse from the land when he's buried. And God's revealing that this is how the curse of sin is to be removed. But the law... And thank God for this, the law also reveals another truth, that through the animal sacrifices the truth is revealed, the principle of substitution, whereby a righteous, innocent man may take the place of the guilty and bear the curse instead of him. And that's what Jesus did for us. So the law also provides, in this Deuteronomy picture, a picture of what Jesus would do on the cross. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is he, everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing might come on us. He become a curse for us, you see, by being hung on a tree, taking our place by his own free will. It was his choice to take our place. When he hung on the cross, he was accepting the curse of God In our place. He was becoming a curse for us. And in this case, because he was innocent, it happened a bit differently this time, because he was innocent and taking our curse, that's why he was not killed first before being put on a tree. At noon, you see, all our sin was put on him and then he suffered the full curse of our sin. He bore the shame and curse of our sin and that included his physical death. Then, as the law required, he was buried the same day, for that was necessary for the curse to be put away from us, otherwise we'd still be defiled. And that's why Jesus had to be buried before sundown, to comply with that law of how the curse is to be revealed. So he died for us, he was hung on a tree for us, and he was buried the same day. That was the requirement of Deuteronomy, for the curse to be removed. And Jesus removed our curse for us. When Jesus was buried, the curse was removed from the land and from us, and now that allows God's blessing to flow into us. That's his resurrection life. When the curse is removed from from us, then the blessing of God can be restored. So, for sin and the curse to be removed from us, it requires a sin bearer to bear the curse by being nailed to the tree, becoming the curse, and suffering the penalty of death, And then he must be buried before sunset. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us in his death and burial. But why must he be hung on a tree? There must be something profound going on here, a picture of something profound in the nature of things. And it's because the origin of sin was man's choice to eat of a tree. That was man choosing to go his own way in pride, independence, rebellion, separating himself from the life-giving presence of God. And coming under the curse. And so all sin and curse originated from a tree. And in that way, God is saying it happened because Adam united himself to a tree. So to undo that, the last Adam had to take our sin, become our sin and curse, and be nailed to a tree. He had to undo what the first Adam did. And therefore he returned it to where it came from, with its price paid in full. And then through his burial, he removed it completely. So God, in other words, put in the law in Deuteronomy, a picture of God's remedy for the curse of sin which Jesus fulfilled on the cross. And so Jesus fulfilled the law. He took your curse. Curse includes sickness. Jesus took your sickness. He redeemed you from the curse of sickness on the cross because he became a curse for you. That's how much he loves you. Therefore, you can come to God and receive the blessing of healing right now. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the word of God to the ends of the earth, but we need your help. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk you you can find a way you can help us financially and we would be so grateful it's so important to be able to receive healing because if we don't have our health we can't enjoy anything else that we have and we're limited in serving God so let me encourage you to build up your faith in my package here we have Getting Healed, the book and also the CD series of eight messages. You can receive God's truth concerning healing and let your faith rise in your heart to not just receive healing but to walk in divine health. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. At Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX37QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books, and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.